What's up, everyone? Kevin Wagstaff here with another episode of Spectora Spotlight. This week, we have round number two, or maybe even three, with Drew White from Ampro Inspections down in Colorado Springs. One of the earliest users of Spectora, he actually launched his business two months after Spectora launched. And so he is about the same um, age and progress in the industry as us. You'll find out from this interview if you haven't heard anything from Drew, very energetic, um, a guy that's just willing to do what it takes to grow his business and provide value. He's always innovating, always throwing ideas uh, at the wall to see what sticks, um, or spaghetti rather, at the wall. But he is high energy, again, another one of those guys where it's hard not to gravitate towards it if you have that growth mindset, that positivity, um, where it just never stops. And he's a guy that truly does not um, does not sleep. He's always thinking about how to grow his business, different things he can offer. So I truly encourage everyone to reach out to him um, because he is as open book as it gets. He's always willing to help um, and tries to get back to everybody as much as possible because he's all about giving um, and investing. He's one person that truly invests and knows you have to put energy out there, spend money, put it out there into the world and it comes back to you. So um, one of the most impressive growth stories, I think in our industry and possibly in our industry's history, from what I've, I've told from some industry veterans. Um, so definitely worth a listen um, and let us know if there's any topics that we go into that you'd love to hear us do a follow-up session to dive even deeper because I truly think his approach and mentality is very unique for this industry. and something that um, we can all learn from just because he has a very diverse um, and unique background of what he's been through and how he um, approaches agents, approaches events, networking, other services, things of that nature. So um, hope you enjoy the interview with Drew White. But what's, uh, what's the month been like? You got back from vacation, you're all refreshed or what? Yeah, dude, it's been great. Best month to date uh, for February. So respectively, our best month has been, our best month since for the company have been December, uh, January, February, but the ranking of them is now February, January, uh, December from first to third. So it's growing still, which is nice. I feel like every time I talk to you and I talk to you a lot, you say best month in the company. Yeah, it's is amazing. <laughs> it's been crazy. It's been in a lot of it's been like, you know, we were talking about lining this up has been how we found other like revenue streams inside of what we're doing. So that's been the cool part. So. Exactly. So we're, we're going to, yeah, I'm excited to dive into all that, especially for everyone listening to kind of open their minds up to yeah. you know, a business like yours is growing. Um, so before we get it, I mean, we obviously can go a lot of different directions with how, how well we know each other, but um, yeah. let's, let's give it to the people that don't know you. Um, you know, if they've been living under a rock in the industry, tell them who you are, kind of, kind of how your business started and, and a little bit of your backstory. Okay. Here, one second, Kevin. I'm going to throw the headset on just because I'm having trouble hearing from my computer. So, hold on. Yep. You got you still, You got me now? Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Let me switch this real quick. Uh, speaker. Hold on here. I can edit this part out, so we'll be all good. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Okay, now I'm good. Cool. 
So yeah, let's, uh, let's just give everyone kind of your backstory for the, for someone that doesn't know you. Um, obviously some of our listeners probably do know you cause we've had you on before, but, um, yeah, let's give everyone your kind of background and how Ampro started. Okay. Yeah. Just a quick one. So most of the guys I talk to either in the forums or wherever else networking groups and mastermind groups and everything. But my background is, a uh, Sales and marketing um, before joining the army. I actually was at Siena Heights University for finance major there and then left school, joined the army as a special forces candidate, made it, spend, spent 12 years there and then left the army and then started Ampro Inspections with my uh, partners now. And then really it started as American Professional Home Inspection. Then we used our DBA Ampro Inspections just because it was more marketable and not such a mouthful, looked better. And we built it specifically to franchise. So either the 1st of April is now our planned franchise launch date. But it was, it was simple to go from, I guess, zero to 100 miles an hour because we laid out exactly what we wanted to do. So we knew our end vision was to be one of if not the largest home inspection company in the nation and then also be one of if not the largest home inspection franchise in the nation so that was the plan from day one so that's how we ended up to where we want to be i want to jump in right away and and cut you off because just having that vision from the beginning is that something that's just always been a part of you because i obviously everyone's pretty impressed with your guys's growth and everyone gets into the business wanting to grow and get bigger but like you had a very defined vision from the beginning where did that come from yeah i mean a lot of it's come from the idea that i've i've going i went in the things and i didn't think big enough and i think in some of the things that i've done before that that mindset is what caused me to fail before whereas mm-hmm. If you fail, which you will always do in some way, shape, or form, as I'm sure as you and Mike see when you're building an incredible software company, <laughs> it's just yeah. like the ebbs and flows are insane. But, you know, I was just more of like, okay, the first time I started companies, that I, I was like, hey, I want to be the biggest in my town. Or I want to be the biggest in the city. And I think the mindset changed entirely when I said I want to be the biggest in the nation because then I had to – make myself perform at that level and commit that time. So the idea of being the largest home inspection company in the nation came from just, I think, not making big enough goals for myself and the companies, some of the companies that failed, not making those big enough goals right out the gate. I love it. I love it. And you guys, and so to give everyone the actual numbers, you're, you've been in the business not even two years, a little over two years, right? One March, one March. So this week will be our first two years in business. So you're turning two and yep. kind of give us any stats or sense for how big you are, where you're at, um, what you're, what you, what you're willing to share. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm real open about it. And that's one of the things that I like to tell guys, it's really not a lot of fluff. You know, we're between, we went from our very first month uh, with Spectora, we did eight inspections in March, right, of 2017 mm-hmm. to at this point, probably when the month finishes, we'll do over 150 inspections for the month of February. And then we also have radon jobs going on uh, for mitigation. That's a separate division, which we also have that on Spectora. We use it to run that company. And then we sell a uh, home and auto insurance. So we opened an insurance agency that specializes in personal lines and potentially now commercial soon. But all that came from, yeah, all that came from 
setting it up. So, I mean, we went from a company where, you know, guys that are listening like, shit, I just don't see how it scales. We did 20, you know, $2,900 our first month of business in 2017 and we'll do over 75,000 this month, um, about 23 months later. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just taking a minute, like, it's funny. We've, we've spoken about this before and we've been in touch over the years. Each time I hear the numbers though, and we actually drill down, it's pretty incomprehensible. So let's, we'll just dive into what some of the factors you think are in terms of your personal drive and motivation, the team around you, and then the market, Colorado Springs. Yep. Yeah. So really, and this is, this is what's interesting is that I talk to a lot of people that are like, Hey, you know, I'm the owner. I don't give equity. how did you guys expand so fast? You know, what'd you do? What marketing, all that stuff. So I'll start from what I believe is the most important thing. And one defining your vision of your company, because once you define that vision, then you can actually put the team members that you're going to have to have to scale in place. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's something that people have to take note on is you have to decide if you want to be a company or a sole proprietorship, which is more of, I guess, running a job and there's nothing right. wrong with that, but you have to make that conscious effort. And if you're going to go with massive company, want to take over some serious market share, then you need to start, planning out how you're going to staff your executive team inside of that. And that's what I did from essentially day one was identifying owner talent and giving them a piece of our company. So that way they're vested in what we're doing and then they are actually bought into the vision. And that's what's allowed us to really grow at a fast clip. So that's, that's been a big part of it is, you know, we have our ops guy, which is Mark Jones. We have our marketing officer, Brody Lotes. He also runs the radar Rangers division. We have our admin officer, June, my wife, and then myself as more of the CEO and working on, I guess, being out there also as a, a dual-hatted CEO and marketing guy for the company. So we have very specific jobs that each person is doing inside of that, and we let them run with it. We don't really bother them too much. We come together every Monday, 7 a.m., and we discuss, hey, how do we go from where we're doing now to where we want to be in the next four weeks or eight weeks or 12 weeks, whatever we've defined to be the, the point of the time that we have to have those things accomplished. And I just want to, I'm laughing right now because we were only 10 minutes in and this conversation is already drastically different than it is with most home inspectors and which what most home inspectors are used to hearing because you've, you've said things like vision, um, scaling, executive team, responsibilities, investment, words that most inspectors don't talk about when they talk about business. And so there's a clear difference in how you view growing your business. And I think that's why you've grown so much is because you have, you know, some of the finance background, the business background, um, you know, the army stuff has probably imprinted some of your experience. Um, so do you think that plays a big role in how you just view a business? Because the way you just spoke for the last couple minutes even is far different than a lot of inspectors that typically want to talk about spacing on their report uh, <laughs> or ride alongs or trusting some, you know, you just spoke about it in a completely different way. So um, yeah. where do you think that comes from? I mean, a lot of it comes from, and I, and I am fortunate. I, I came from a background um, that was very rooted in business before I came into this. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, and I, and I enjoy it. It's, it's more of a, a passion and a hobby. So 
when I thought, you know, some people are like, I don't want to talk business. It's like, I could sit there as we have several occasions, you and me and your brother, like I could sit and discuss business and strategy for hours on end and just thoroughly enjoy the whole process. It's very yeah. fun. So, but a lot of it just comes from how it goes back to the vision. When I first started the company, I was like, I want to have a uniform. I want to have a good logo that I could, you know, that's, that's brandable that, you know, would people would look at and say, that's a national brand. I want to have the right branded vehicles, all the best software, you know, the best website, all these things. And like, that was my vision. And I spared no expense doing it. You know, I used everything I had, put it in there. Cause I'm like, if it doesn't match my vision and it, it that's how is anyone else going to believe in what I'm saying? So that's, that was a big part of like making, getting to where we are, where we are now, where we want to be is that that vision is everything. So if you envision yourself being a very big, you know, very big, powerful business and influencer in your area, then it needs to be projected as such. And you as the owner need to be able to walk in and talk to people that are worth, you know, let's say two, five, 10, 15, $20 million. And the only way you're going to get someone like that to, to really pay attention to you is if you can speak the lingo. And if you view yourself as a business or as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a CEO, because that's what I try to get across to a lot of inspectors is a lot of them sell themselves short. You know, a lot of them are like, well, I'm just an inspector. Like, no, you're not. Like, you're in a, you're in a, essentially the, you know, a special club of entrepreneurs and business owners. That's a very, very exclusive club and a very important one. Right. I was like, so don't sell yourself short just because you are a one man. I, I conducted myself and I think you could speak to this too, is that I conducted myself the exact same way when I was only doing one inspection a week as I do now doing this. <laughs> Nobody would know. I was doing it the same, same way every time. And like, I was like, I know where I'm going. I'm building this business and I don't care what it's going to take. I know I'm going to get somewhere in and around my vision. So that's how I always conducted myself from day one. Oh, I, and for, yeah, for everyone, like I knew Drew and when he was doing eight inspections a month as a company and he had that confidence and vision. And I think it's just, it's, it sounds fluffy sometimes when you're like, Oh, you got to believe you got to walk the walk, but it's true. Like there's a reason why these cliches keep coming back is that you have to really force yourself into having that belief and then taking the actions to, to kind of backfill it. Um, because it's truly amazing. The, how far you guys have come in such a short span of time. Well, and here's, and here's a funny one too, man. This is, this is my wife always says it and I think it's hilarious, but it's the law of attraction. So I would typically tell people at any moment, she calls them Drew numbers, right? So I'll be sitting there and they're like, well, how many inspections are you going to do? And I sort of ballpark where we're at and I'm like, we're going to do 250. And it may not be anywhere close to that, but if for some reason, whenever I say that's what I'm going to do the next month, my numbers continue to creep because it's almost like I can't be that, that far off. But you know, she's like, Oh, those are just drew numbers. You know, what are the real numbers? But you know, Hey, the law of attraction, if I throw out there, Hey, we're going to do 300 inspections and come June or July, I'm going to be working my ass off. If I'm continuously saying that to make sure that that happens. So right. I'm, I'm a firm believer of just throwing it up there and Hey, if you miss it, so what, you know, some people get so wrapped around the axle of like, I didn't hit my numbers. It's horrible. It's like, who gives it? Who gives a shit? Like, did you right. get close? Did you grow? Like, that's really what matters, but set your goals high and like, just, you know, live, you don't have to do the fake it till you make it kind of thing. Like go out and buying gold watches and stuff, but there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, Hey, our company's going to be doing, you know, we're, we're pacing to do 250 to 300 inspections a month, you know, and then maybe you're at 125 to 150, right? 
you know, but whatever you have to say to say, Hey, look, I'm supporting my vision. I'm doing my thing and I'm going to meet that growth that I'm projecting with the same amount of effort and the same amount of enthusiasm then do whatever you got to do as an entrepreneur and business owner to light that fire. Even if it's a, like I said, the law of attraction, we're going to do 38,000 inspections this year. Awesome. We did 4,800. Not that bad. Yeah, we didn't meet our goal, but hey, whatever, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> and that's something I think some inspectors, and this, that's one takeaway for anyone listening that maybe doesn't have that business background and it just doesn't maybe come as natural, is just start throwing numbers out there. And like, don't feel, I can tell you as a business owner myself, we're all just pulling them out of our ass at some point where you're like, hey, let's throw a goal out there and see if we can reach it. And yeah, it's audacious, but that holds you accountable to yourself. And so I think for inspectors that just want to get started on this path, just start putting numbers out there of where you want to be and then you grow into that, right? Exactly. And just and pick anything. A great example, you know, we'll go sort of segue, I guess, to do like growing and the actual like tactical portion, as I like to call it, is cold calling, right? I am a, I've been day one, I've been a huge advocate of it. Um, I'm a big, uh, I'm in that, um, the inspection inspector empire builder as well. And that's a great, great organization, tons of great information. Um, and they, I obviously was all about it when they're like, yeah, our big thing is cold calling. I'm like, you just spoke to my heart. Like, I love it. You know, that's <laughs> the truth. You, it costs very little. Um, it's incredible. It, it actually costs $0 to cold call somebody, but it has the most incredible ROI. And what I took, cause like, where do I start? It's like, just try to get one appointment booked a day. It might be your first call that you make, but make the call. And if you get it booked, then you stop there. Maybe the next day it takes you 20 calls to get a booked appointment with a realtor. But it goes back to that goal setting too. He's like, hey, just set, throw a number up there and just meet that number. Make it manageable to begin with. And then, hey, if you really feel like throw out some audacious goals, like, hey, I want to set like 20 appointments a day. Well, that's going to take two to 300 dials. But if that's what you set out for yourself, just go and execute. But start with setting a goal, a tangible, like a number that you have that you can actually meet. So you have a, a, met, a metric to use. Right. Bite-sized goals. I think that's... Yep. I mean, everyone in every industry probably has problems with this of like, yeah, we want to get to this point, but how do we do all the things in between? And I think you just said it, like if make, if pick up the phones hard, just do one a day, start yep. there, build up. Yeah. I mean, we, that's, that's what I tell people. Cause you also hear a lot of guys, obviously I'm biased. You know, we use everything in Spectora, you know, we, everything websites, um, all the tool, you know, all the, the software, we run our radon mit company. We're doing the pay-per-click with you guys, the newsletter with you guys, everything. So that side, we have solid metrics that we can pull from and that budget just stays where it's at there. But what people don't see is like, well, how do you guys able to, to scale quickly and get with what's it cost? I'm like, most of it is not a lot because we're just dialing. So our guys, we get on, we used to do 150 to 300 dials a day each. So that'd be me and Mark. So we, at some time, me, Mark and Brody and them. So at some points we would be anywhere from 600 to 900 points of contact in a day. No way. Yeah. So that's the difference. And guys like, how do you guys do that? Cause in Colorado Springs, we're like, well, it's a hot market. We, we might only have 850 to 900 transactions in any given month here. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot, there's not a lot going on. So we're growing this rate in a small market and we went from, again, 0% market share to where we're doing anywhere between 20 to 25% of all the available inspections in any given month. Of a good size city. Of yeah. Of a good size yeah. city, too. Exactly. And that's what we did a lot of that through cold calling. 
And that was a huge part of it. So really for any business, I was like, I don't really have a budget. Do you have a phone? You do? Well, you're sitting on a million dollars in your pocket right now. Like your path to a million is just you picking up the phone and dialing and talking to people. And it's got to be so comforting for the 1% out there that actually will take some of this advice and maybe reach out and try to execute this. But there's not a lot of competition for people that are willing to run through that wall over and over day in and day out like you guys did. And so for the 1% that are going to actually try this and do this, like it's wide open for you to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I promise, I promise you it's funny. You guys are like, that's stupid. I wouldn't do it. It's like, well, ask every other Fortune 500 company out there how they're doing it. And I'm sure you're getting phone calls from them. So I'm willing to say that, hey, if I have guy over here, A, who hates it, he thinks cold calling is not good. And I can look at him and say, well, you're not really doing anything. You're still out there working, having to do these things. And if that's what you want to do, then that's fine. But if you're like, oh, it's just stupid. I would never do it. You know, don't, don't say no to something just because you're uncomfortable you know what I mean? It's a disservice to others. If you're like, that's dumb. That's not how you grow your business. If I could tell one inspector how to build their business and get them the six figures in one year, I'd say, Hey, just call, make 20 to 40 calls a day. And I promise you, I absolutely promise that you will be at six figures within the year. If you actually do that every day and set appointments, I could guarantee it. It's like you could always look at every successful business and anyone that has a solid prospecting method, they kill it. And the ones that don't have it, a prospecting with a follow-up, you could almost predict their downfall just the same. Yeah. Yeah. And your numbers don't lie. And I think I've, I've talked to just about everyone in this industry that historically knows, you know, businesses coming and going and growing. And you're one of the biggest growth stories this industry's ever seen. And so, so for anyone to refute that, it's like, Colorado Springs agents are no different than agents in Idaho or Utah or West Virginia. They're humans that have a job and a goal and right. <laughs> be done anywhere. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the keys. And the other thing is too, is whether anyone wants to acknowledge it or not, you know, you get the guy that I'll, and I'm, what I love about it is all this stuff here. If anyone I've always said, I know there's a lot of Spectorian, you know, users out there that call me and, my phone's always, whether I get back to you or not, but I'm very open about all this stuff. There is no secret nugget in business. That's what I think is hilarious. You'll get the guys that are like, hey, I won't do a ride along with you. Or I won't show you how you market. It's like, I've had guys fly in from out of state and like, let me just see you work the phones for a bit. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> like, yeah. I will show you how to do it. And guess what? Even then, they won't, they'll take all the time in the world to come out here and do all this stuff and they won't even implement it themselves. And then they wonder why they're like, Hey, I only grew like 3% this year. Well, I can explain to you. I'll tell you how we grow. You know, we grew 398% last year. You know, I'll tell you exactly how we did it and I'll show them the process. And still they're like, well, there has to be more. What else are you doing? I mean, what are you paying? I'm like, I'm paying myself as a W2 employee to sit here and <laughs> push numbers on a phone. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's what I'm doing. I mean, that's the secret. I mean, if that's what you want to call the secret, I just tell guys, I'm like, look, Run a solid pay-per-click campaign. That's always there. And do it with the right people. Like I said, we do it with you guys. Have your digital, you know, your digital uh, marketing set up and let professionals run that. I was like, and then just keep it simple and keep it good. I said, I do everything with Spectora, so I'm biased on that front. I was like, but also, I was like, the, other, the only other really part you should be doing is just getting on the phone and calling. If you're an owner and you're just like, well, what do I do? Do I go into the office? Like, no, you could reach 
actually reach 40 to 50 realtors using the phone. And I'll even throw in another trick that I use. I use easy texting. Um, it's a texting service. So what I do is I will a lot of times send them a text first using that platform because you can send an MMS. So I could send a video of me introducing myself and I say, hey, by the way, I'm going to be reaching out to you here soon and just give you a phone call. And then so that's two touches. They've already seen my face. So they feel worse. I think tip, this is just my what I think the psychology is. They've watched my little video. They've seen me. And then when I call, if they hang up on me, they think they feel bad because they've actually seen me. Or maybe they see it and they're like, I hate this guy and they hang up on me anyways and they can tell me that and then I don't have to waste my time talking to him. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, you're right. It's an exercise in human psychology that when they see a face and they have the human connection, they feel much worse saying no. In that. Yeah. And that's no, 100%. But I would tell them, I was like, hey, run your digital side on the Spectora platform with all your web stuff and then have your direct sales side, your prospecting, which is straight up just someone or the owner on a phone with the easy texting dashboard pulled up and just working that like crazy with whatever CRM you're using. I personally, we use HubSpot. I use the, both the marketing and sales platform for our guys. Great platform. But yeah, other people, yeah, I like it because I think the basic one is free. So, but we use a lot of the different tools for tracking, but that's the other part too is you can't just do this stuff with no plan. You have to have a CRM or a place to enter in the notes of even if, hey, I called them again and no answer. But you need to track everything you do because if you don't, you'll have no clue about what you're actually getting back for when you have to hire somebody to sit here and do these calls for you. Because it's not all, prospecting is a very important portion, but it's a very low level task, if that makes sense. So eventually you want to be able to have all the metrics and everything done. So when you hire somebody to sit there and call people on the phone, you could say, Hey, look, you should be getting about three to four appointments per 20 calls. Cause that's what I did for a year. And that's typically what I saw. Okay. So you have a metric good. to hold against them. Good, good numbers. I'll link to the easy texting and HubSpot in the description, but for inspectors that this seems like extra time or something that, you know, if you're just an inspector and you inspect houses, get comfortable with the idea that you need to take a portion of your day for tracking, for prospecting. Um, I don't, I think our industry still does not put enough time into this in a given day. And that's where report writing needs to be more efficient because marketing, prospecting, connecting with humans is how you can grow in this way. And that's my theory. Um, I, I have a theory why inspectors will take your model and it won't work. So tell me, tell me this is, if you think this is correct, they'll, okay. they'll hear what you're doing. They'll hear the numbers and they say, okay, I can do that. But then when they're actually in the moment doing it, like if you're not believing, like you said, in your vision and acting with that energy and that confidence that like, yeah, you need to be doing business with Ampro because we're the best in the, in the city and here's why, then it's not going to take it home. Right. Cause you can make dials, yep. you can make lame dials. Yeah, no, that's that's a hundred percent. And I'm I'm a big you know anyone that knows me you know I'm big in the reading about you know sales and marketing. Uh, one of the ones I've had the pleasure of meeting with and talking with is the ones on Grant Cardone's side. And I always bring it up. It's a it's a great base of you know how to get yourself to sell a service or a product that you have. And being a sales guy to begin with, we've always been told this, but haven't re-cemented through, I read uh, the book Seller Be Sold and then the, obviously the 10X stuff. And it's a great mindset change. When you get on the phone and I've told people, like I have flat out told realtors, it's like, well, what's your instinct? You know, why you come in here all the time? Like, why are you so confident? It's like, I truly believe 
it is a disservice and borderline immoral for you to refer anybody else. <laughs> I am so sold on it that we will take care of them at such a level that I truly believe that you are shafting your client if you don't, you know, refer Ampro. And I don't trash competitors. I never bring them up when most people are like, why well, use this guy? I'm like, great company. Because trashing people is just a sign of weakness. It's just weak overall. Yep. Um, it's ridiculous. So, but the biggest thing is most people aren't sold on it. Like, hey, if you're like, well, why should I use you over the other guy? Well, I do a thorough inspection and you'll get a report. Well, yeah, no shit. Thanks. You <laughs> essentially just told me that you will do the absolute bare minimum of what I expect from a home inspector. Yep. So, whereas if you walk in, you're like, everybody should be using my ABC inspection company. It is, we offer everything under one roof. We make it very easy to schedule. I answer my call at two to 3 a.m. in the morning. I am there for you and your client. I was like, we have the electronic repair addendum creator that's on our Spectora that's gonna save you 90 minutes of report. I'm giving you your time back. If I can give you that much time back, what would you do with it? How many more deals could you close? Right? Boom. And that's more going in towards the realtor side, but that's the different kind of, that's the level that I'm talking about. And I'll give a nugget to the inspectors that are listening. If you think when you go in to talk to um, a broker owner that they care about anything that has to do with the inspection, you are wrong and you are gonna lose that right away. <laughs> Say that again, I think it's worth repeating. <laughs> I was like, hey, dead serious. If you, if you are cold calling and you get a chance to meet with a broker owner, the broker owner of like the Remax or the Keller Williams in your town, do not bring a copy of your inspection report. Do not talk about the inspection. Talk about nothing other than how you're going to grow the business of other realtors in that brokerage. Yep. Done. That's it. That's all I want to know. Know your audience. Know your audience. Yep. And I think that's, I, I get the feeling most inspectors, um, and that's just, just from my vantage point, I get the sense that not enough inspectors are trying to think about what their audience's motivations are and what their incentives are. They're just thinking about what's important to them. And I, I it's not surprising when you, um, I guess, think about maybe the backgrounds and the approach of our industry, but gosh, we've got to start shifting it to smart marketing that everyone else is doing in the world. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just at a loss at times for it. You know, a great example. So every once in a while I'll post it. I love it. I'll post stuff on Facebook that I know is just ridiculous or an idea <laughs> or a concept that I'm just out there just fishing for stuff. And people are like, I can't believe you would do that. Oh my gosh. You're going to sabotage the industry. It's like, I haven't even done me. I just made a post. Like, just take it easy. It doesn't matter really what I'm doing. But, you know, it just blows my mind. And here is a great one. I'm going to touch on what you said is that as a business owner, it really doesn't matter what you think is proper or correct. What matters is what are the people you are attempting to serve? What is important to them? That's it. So if you sit there, if like, and I told, I think I've told you this too. Someone's like, well, what do you want on your website, your front page? I was like, look, you could legitimately, you could have whatever it is now, if it's converting well, fine, keep it. And whatever that was, it might just be a picture of a, giant dog turd on the front page but guess what if that's what the clients convert on that's <laughs> what's going to be on my that's what's going to be on my landing page i don't care i don't care so that's what guys need to transition from is stop being prideful you know stop thinking that you are the only way to solve the problem and what your idea is all that matters 
I had to get come up, you know, I had to deal with that. And it's like, Hey, look, it's tough when you're an owner, you have a strong personality, but it doesn't matter. It's like, what's the end state here? It's the build a business, provide the lifestyle that you want, provide for your family, take care of your employees. So I'm going to do whatever is going to keep accelerating our growth curve. And it doesn't mean, Hey, like, don't report certain things or don't do this. I'm not talking about that. The report is the report. The inspection is the inspection. You do the right thing. You know, you take care of the client. But there's another way of, hey, when you go in to talk to a realtor, and as you brought up, you know, tailor your message. If I walk up to a realtor and I'm like, or a broker owner or somebody who does like 400 transactions a year, I'm like, hey, uh, I just want to show you this, this report that I have. I, I do it digitally and I also <laughs> print it out of the back of my car and hand it to you. Um, and I do a very thorough inspection. Oh, would you like to use me? <laughs> no. They're just gonna be like, yeah, exactly. No, not even no. Like, hey, cool. Thanks for your report. The guy inspector's like, yeah, he, I got, you know, how many of the inspectors that are listening here are like, yeah, man, I knocked it out of the park. That guy's going to be calling me for sure. Now a year and a half later, you've never heard from the guy. Yeah. And it takes taking your ego out of it, I think. And I think there's, yep. there's ego in our industry, um, that, wants it to be about them. Like they are the special one with the special report and the special process. But I think you're thinking on another level. And I think that's why you're at where you're at is real good business and thinking about what your end user and customer wants to see and matching up your vision and your message and all that. So. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is like, you know, people inspectors look at that as a negative because they're like, Oh, well you're taking away from the industry. It's like really all you're doing is making it a professional industry. That's all we're doing. When guys are like, hey, you're cheapening in it, you're cheapening the industry, you're doing X, you're doing Y. And it's like, look, all we're doing is we're bringing us onto the same playing field as every other big company that's out there. And the only way to do it is to build the company how every other large company is built. And there's, there's no reason why you can't do that in home inspections. I mean, there's several people I know you've had on and several Spectoria users that we talk to all the time that are doing much of the same thing and they're enjoying more freedom, you know, more time. They're building a very successful business. I'm, I'm telling you now, there's still nothing better than cutting a paycheck for employees and you're knowing that you're, you've built something that can support other people's families. And like that is a really satisfying part of being a business owner. And it's, it's fun to do. It's really cool to get to that point, but you're only going to get to that point by being humble shelve your pride and service the client. Like that's, that's it. Like your business is built to service the client and give them an incredible experience and make sure that their investment is safe. You know, when they're buying their house, that's it. That's why I laugh when you say, you know, guys on, on, you know, Facebook, I almost don't even want to give it attention because I feel like <laughs> the broad sweeping statements on there about, Oh, you're doing this to the industry. Like it's just never that dramatic and serious to where, like clearly you're providing value and growing your business and doing something really good. And I think there's going to be some envy or jealousy, um, you know, when someone's innovating, I think we, we've been through that as Spectora. Um, oh yeah. You guys screen, have. I have screenshots of, <laughs> I keep screenshots just for more, you know, I, I stay motivated in different ways, but definitely yeah. people saying, Oh, no one's going to pay $79 a month for web-based software. Like that's a ripoff. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. Right. Hey, you know what? No one will pay uh, $10,000 for a watch either, but whatever. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think you're, you're innovating, you're doing the right things. And so I think we got to get out of the fear based mentality as an industry of just worrying of Armageddon and it's just all going to go to shit. And I think we, 
we have to open our minds up to be thinking about more. And so there's always going to be those trolls online though. So it's uh, yeah. part of it. Yeah. And don't, and don't let it derail you. I mean, and that, I think we can go into the other part where this is the part where I really want to really want to tell these guys because I believe it could change a lot of people's lives. And, you know, if they do things right, they can, they can essentially multiply their book of business overnight or their or multiply their revenue streams overnight by looking at what parallel services or products they can offer along with their home inspection. Like that's a very important part of running a home inspection company. Completely. So yeah, so uh, yeah, we did, we obviously did the first half, we kind of went off on some tangents there, but like, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about diversifying revenue streams and truly like unlocking some growth in businesses. So what all do you guys offer at Ampro? I know you said it early on, but like, give us all yep, your so, products. Later. Right. So when we've worked, what's funny is like, you know, you guys have seen the whole thing as we've been going, you know, working together for since both of us have opened. So it's been really cool and bouncing ideas off you and Mike has been huge and we, we love it. But a couple of them obviously was the beginning one. So we have Ampro franchises. Uh, our franchise disclosure document is in the final stages of being blessed off and approved. So we're looking to start selling about one April at a good time. So we offer that. Um, that's, that's another separate business and a separate revenue stream that you can live off essentially the royalties there. But our whole thing was, hey, we don't want to take from, from our guys. We don't want to make them feel like, oh, you know, the royalties are so high. So we have very reasonable rates there. Um, we started a, uh, with uh, Ryan Howell, the inspection funnel services as well, mm-hmm. um, which is a fun one with him. He's just, I think you've had, we've had him on, him and I did an interview with you. And we, he's flown yep. out, so we've all grabbed, grabbed some food and a beer together. And the guy's a wealth of knowledge, just incredible to talk to. Um, the two big ones that we run here are our Radon Rangers, which is our radon mitigation company. And then I'll give a shout out to Wally Conway for coming up with that name. And then he gave that to me. So thank you, Wally. And then, uh, <laughs> and then also we have, um, Ampro insurance, which is a licensed insured and, uh, approved insurance personal line. So home and auto insurance company brokerage in Colorado, now Idaho, Michigan, soon to be California and also Arizona. So when a lot of guys, you know, we found, Hey, look, you have all that information, um, from an inspection to offer an insurance quote, if you partner with the right people. And Mm -hmm. we plan on rolling it out as a program to inspectors. Um, And if anyone ever wanted to be a part of it, you know, talking about building potentially a renewal book for them on the insurance leads that they send over to us. So essentially, if I could figure it out as a win, and these other guys need to look at this too. If you you are referring business away from you or you have somebody um, paying for your leads, you need to try to figure out a way to have, okay, if I'm referring that out, how do I set up a service contract? How do I maybe set up another company so I could refer that to my company? Um, and some guys are like, well, the code of ethics. I'm like, I get it. It's a different company though. And you just, you can disclose to them, Hey, look, like this is our radon mitigation company. Um, I own it. I'm an owner of it. So you can decide if you would like to do business with it. You've done business with us at Ampro inspections. It's an ethical um, high integrity business there. So why would that change on our rate on mitigation sides? But right. the key is not, we keep them separate. So the mitt guy isn't doing the inspections like, Oh, you need a mitt system. He's legitimately like, Hey, um, something came back, you know, a test came back high and then it's referred over to radon rangers, which does their thing. Right. But just if that's what I would do is I would take notes for all these inspectors that are doing it and you're sending out leads to whoever, once you hit about, 
10 to 15 leads a month and something, you might want to go ahead and take a look at how much is, are those leads actually costing you and how much money is actually walking out your back door. Yep. That's a huge part of it. I want to comment real quick on the radon piece because I think that highlights a, a very critical thing to talk about. So I hear inspectors, um, you know, it's probably one's saying right now, Oh, it's conflict of interest as people are never going to trust that. So I, I understand that certain, some inspectors come from that very cynical kind of skeptical point of view. And part of it's, um, generational part of it is just, uh, maybe experiences and upbringing, but like, remember that just because you think that does not mean that a millennial home buyer is going to say, Oh crap, I have radon. Like, can you fix it? Can you, can you, I don't care. Yeah. If it's your own company, it doesn't matter. I just want it taken care of. Like yeah. remember that the average consumer, and I'm saying this from a realtor and a home buyer standpoint, because I've been both. Um, most customers don't know or care and they're not looking at you with the same lens that maybe you're viewing this from. And so to me, if you're clear with your state or whatever associations or whatever governs you on being able to have a separate company that can handle a service that someone's going to go out and buy anyway, um, if you're being straight up and ethical and honest, I, I'm, that's why I'm just like in awe of what you're doing. So I'm like, okay, you're transparent about it and you tell them, Hey, yeah, you can go look for another one. We do it for a fair price. Um, let me know. That's beautiful. That's good business. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why, or, you know, if any, when you read the state, the code of ethics in any of the big, you know, uh, home inspection schools, it doesn't say you can't ever offer that stuff. You know, like when you really dive in and you look at it, it just says, Hey, like if you go in and you're like, Oh, I found this panel that's not really jacked up, but I'm an electrician. I'll replace it for you. Right. <laughs> right. And the thing is, all I also tell people too, is like, look, if you're unethical, you know, and coming from where I used to deal with unethical people all the time from other, you know, third world countries with drug lords or whatever, right? I don't care what documentation I get them to sign. If I was like, hey guys, this is the Drew White code of ethics year when you <laughs> sign this. Like once you sign this, you know, drug lord so-and-so or unethical whoever, we're now in the ethical playing field. You would never, you would never shaft me because you signed this DocuSign. <laughs> You know what I mean? So that's why I think it's so funny is like, you're either unethical or you're not. You're either good or you're bad. You make that choice. Um, if you can, hey, some people could sleep at night saying that they wrote false radon testing results and I don't know how they do it, but we've talked more people out that were like, well, you know, I'm at this level. It's like, look, the EPA recommends that over four, you go ahead and do a long test. That's what I tell them, but it's because of, and that's the proper protocol. So if you tested 4.1 in two days, the next step would be to, do a 91 day test. And as a person that owns a radon mitigation company, I tell them that it could easily just say, look, just get a system in, but no, the process is the process. It's go to a long test. And then after 91 days, then go ahead and Hey, if it's high, then then go ahead and have the system installed. Yeah. But I was like, if you guys don't really care, then yeah, we can go ahead. I'll send you a bid for a radon machine for a radon um, mitigation system. And you choose who to go with. We don't really care. So it's not a, but it's, we don't, we don't have to worry about it because our company is supplying the leads anyways. So it's good. But if you run it with complete transparency, you tell the realtors that's what you're doing, nine times out of 10, they don't care. And like you mentioned too, millennials, I want to say 53% of home buyers in like two to three years are going to be millennials. Yep. And guess what? They don't like to talk to a lot of people. They want it all in one place. <laughs> and they like, you know, eventually, that's why we did that Ampro on demand with the virtual home inspector. 
most of them just want to sort of do things on their own. Like, Hey, look, you can go ahead and sign up and, you know, take your photos, do your own little thing and we'll answer it. And then once you've found, you know, once you've done your walkthroughs and sort of done your pre investigation of the property, you just schedule a home inspection and send one of our guys out through our Spectora online scheduler that's built into Ampro on demand. But you have to look at these things of how things, you know, how the, how the, um, landscaping is changing for the inspection industry and the client they're going to be talking to and millennials, they want everything in one place. So if you're like, well, I can't do it cause I'm, that's unethical. Um, if someone told me that that is just unethical that I, I, I could do it, but it's unethical. I'm like, really? Like you're, you can't just install a system. I know you own the company. Can you please just install this damn radon system at the <laughs> right. house that I, please. Nope. Nope. Code of it's unethical. Sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'm when, someone, when they say that that much, it almost makes me more skeptical. Cause I'm just like, You're right. Why is that so high on your radar of being unethical? <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, it's like the guy that's always, you know, it's like, you know, you always see it. You know, the person, person that's always worried about something that's going to happen is typically the one that's perpetrating the crime. Right. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it gets into a bigger conversation, which we, we don't have time to get into of just, like you said, the energy that you're putting out there, kind of what you're putting off. I don't want to get too fluffy because I'm an energy person of like putting good out into the world and it, and it comes back. Um, but it's just that, like if you're fear-based and really just always thinking of the worst that can happen, like, man, you're really bringing stuff to you that I think doesn't, that isn't good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm big on that. Like we've talked about the karma and just give more than you take. Um, we do very well. I take a very modest salary. We do a lot more donations than anything. Like most, most of my pay goes towards, you know, donating towards charities and whatnot, a considerable percentage of it on a monthly basis. And I am huge on that and to each their own, how they do it is I've built when people ask me like, when's what's enough. And I'm like, until I can truly impact other business owners or people that are maybe, you know, uh, don't have the kind of resources that I had to get started. If I can help in any way and leave an actual legacy, that's not tied to a bank account number, but tied to actually me impacting individuals lives. That's where I have fun with it because that's where I want to be. And that's why I grow up with people like, Hey, what's your goal? What's your dollar amount? It's like, yeah, I could throw out, Hey, I want to be a hundred million, $150 million company and all these different things of enterprise value. But really I'm like, I want to create the largest company in each of those areas, be the number one in that. Like that's really the game to me. If I do that and I'm making 30 grand a year, I'm more than happy and said, I killed it. Like I, I made it. Like that's all that matters to me. Like I'm, and making sure obviously my family set and my wife and kid are taken care of and all that stuff. But the overall part of it is I want to leave a legacy by impacting people's lives because that's what matters more. So even in our company, you know, I know my individual goals. So we sit down on part of our Monday meeting as we talk with them and I ask them, how do we get you there? How do I get you to where you want to go? Because if I can do that for you, it's going to come back to me tenfold. I love that. I'm writing that down um, because that's just, that's powerful <laughs> stuff. I mean, that's, that's not the typical approach. And I think the money is a by, it just, it happens as a byproduct if you're focused on so many of these other. Exactly. Things. And that's the one I love. Be like, well, I mean, if you're the largest company in the world, then you're going to, you're going to make a lot of money. It's like, okay, sorry, my bad. It's just not the, it's not what I'm going at. You know, I'm going off to the number one company. Sure. If you succeed at that level, money follows. Everyone knows that, right? But that isn't because if it's all about money and I've been in that mindset where I'm like, hey, the money we made this, we made this. And it's cool to throw out because it's a good business metric, right? 
But in the end, my personal goals have nothing to do with that because in my belief, and hey, to each their own again, if money is your only thing that you're really going for, if that's truly the only thing you're looking for, then you're going to be sorely disappointed and you're going to end up being very upset with where you end up once you've hit your million, two million, ten million, fifty million dollar goal. If that's all you were always working toward is just a dollar amount. Completely agree, especially in a, such a relationship heavy business. It's hard to be yeah. present with every interaction and put your everything into all these other things when, yeah, you're just attached to that dollar value and you're not thinking about true value to other people. Yeah. And you're, it's also going to stymie your growth because a great example of it is you'll get greedy. Like, so I'm very generous with my original crew that came in on equity in our company. You know, like I was like, you took a leap of faith with me. I'm going to reward you very well. And I take that very seriously. So a lot of the businesses that I start up, we cut people in on it and I can do that because I'm not, I'm not a big, like I'm just not that greedy on that front. I just don't, it doesn't matter. It's like, Hey, how do I get the best out of you? And because I do that, I can attract very high level talent. You know, we can, I mean, this is, these are the kind of conversations that inspectors need to be having. And this is what I'm talking about is when you start doing things like this, you start getting um, involved with higher level people. I mean, can you imagine sitting down and as an inspector, you know, let's say these individual inspectors that listen to this, imagine sitting down with somebody and they're like, Hey man, I like where you're going. You're buttoned up. You know, you're just crushing it. Do you have any other business ideas that, you know, you're thinking about coming out with that I could potentially partner with you on? I have like anywhere between two and a half to $10 million to put somewhere. And so you say that, it's like, oh, that's just impossible. It's like, no, it's not. Cause we have these conversations on about on a monthly basis with other people doing other things. Like this is not uncommon once you've, you've built your company to be a true company and a player and respected on the playing field as, a, as an owner of a company and an innovative person and a true CEO and a true entrepreneur. Once you embrace that, you're already doing the hardest part, which is starting the damn company as a sole proprietor. Right. So why not embrace the better parts of it too? They're going to take you to the next level and potentially allow you to meet people that can take you to the, to the lifestyle and to the, the freedom that you want and, and help you meet the goals and everything that you want. And it might come at a price of, let's say someone comes along and says, Hey man, I'm going to give you $10 million, but I want 30% equity in your business. And I guarantee you with this process, we can get you to a quarter billion dollars in, in five years. <laughs> no man, my equity is worth, you know, whatever, you know, it's to, they get so greedy. Like I would never give away ownership for that. It's like, would you rather eat out of a hundred million dollar pie or a hundred thousand dollar pie? So you're at 60% at a hundred million, 60 million, or would you have a hundred percent of a hundred thousand? I'll take the 60% any day of the week of saying, Hey, look, I'm now partnered with people that will help me execute my vision and get me to where I want to be by making my company the number one in, in the nation. So those are the kind of conversations that inspectors have to embrace and be willing to go into and educate themselves, whether it's listening to audible books, reading, whatever, talking with you or other business owners or listening to these podcasts and like take all these nuggets in and build yourself in that image of the vision of your company. And if the vision of your company is, Hey, you know, you want to just be man in the truck, embrace it and be the best damn person at it. But still, Hey, look at trying to run it like an actual company, just in case, you know, structure it so that way you can launch the next level if you really wanted to. Right. Yeah. Then you're set up either way. And I think that's, that's such a key point of be the best damn one man firm that does 60 inspections a month that you can be and have a system in place because you're going to want to retire someday or you're going yeah, to want to sell it. You're going to yeah. want to sell it. 
So if you have a system, you can sell it. If you have a job, you can't sell that. But that's also investing in your retirement. So you build the systems out, you know, you staff it with just a couple people. Now you have a business to sell. Exactly. And you mentioned what, uh, what people consume. So I encourage everyone to minimize kind of the, whatever makes you not feel good when you're reading it online or you read books or you get around certain people, you know, do, do the IEB surround yourself with the Drew Whites and the fair and west of the world and, and soak up that energy because you literally, it, it, it's going to make or break someone's, a lot of guys' business, I believe of who they surround themselves with the kind of energy they're attracted to and it works itself out. So pay attention to what you're reading and who you're around. Yeah. I mean, don't even, I, I'm getting to the point now. It's like, I don't even want to watch the news. I don't want anything. I don't want anyone around me who's telling me one to slow down two that, Hey, this probably, you know, tell me if you think it's not going to work. Right. But don't just say there's no way or don't say that's not going to work. Tell me say why. That, then offer, yeah. And then offer a solution. So, and then also, Hey, yeah, like you said, I've cut a lot of people out that I just don't talk to anymore because they're negative. There's just no place for it. And as an entrepreneur, business owner, the worst thing you could be exposed to is negativity. You already have enough negative shit going on in your life when you're trying to start a business and run it. <laughs> yeah. The last thing you need is just negative people around you whining and complaining about stuff that doesn't matter. And I forgot where I read it. And I, I even say it to this point, if it's not going to impact you in one year or the real quote was, I think in five years, but I'm like, if it's not going to impact you in one year, then don't worry about it. Let it go. Yeah. You know, like I tell Great, you know, great example is like, hey, people bring up, like, oh, you know, we're missing this or this happened or someone lost a screwdriver. I'm like, okay, it's a $10 screwdriver. Um, I really don't want to hear about it because <laughs> one, it's like, why am I talking about this? <laughs> and right. two, like, it just pisses me off and there's, <laughs> we're going to have to buy another screwdriver anyway. So just go, just go buy a damn screwdriver and call it a day and don't right, bring it up. Right. I don't want the negativity. <laughs> it takes over your, it can take over your day, your week, your month, your life. And so it's, it's, you have to be intentional about these emotions and feelings and it takes an industry of mostly men, mostly middle-aged men being aware of their emotions and feelings. And it's just like something, of course, we don't talk about a lot. And that's, yeah. And you know how I am and I'm much like you and I'm, I'm, I'm very like my enthusiasm is, is strong but fragile at the same time. And what I mean by that is in, in a day, I might start the day off and someone throws some sort of curveball that just, I'm like, plants that negativity, you know, seed in my head for the day. And if I can't shake it within like an hour, I'm like, you know what? I'm not talking to anybody. I'm shutting down. I'm going away. I'm regrouping because in my mind, like that sales and marketing and like, you know, dealing with people and stuff is very emotion-based and energy-based because – if I go in and I'm thinking just like I typically won't bring my phone in on any meetings because I want to give them my full attention, it's the same thing on, on the energy of sales is that if somebody plants that negative thing in my head and I'm thinking about it and I'm trying to sell somebody, it's going to be there, subconscious or not, whatever. That negativity is going to be sensed in my voice, in my behavior, my mannerisms, and it's going to screw the whole process for me. So it's like, I like high energy, you know, I'm listening to freaking like Euro techno stuff on the way in, coming in, you know, driving into work, like listening to like epic, you know, music. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm just getting my mind right. Then you come right into your marketing and sales, you know, I'll leave one earbud in as I'm making phone calls, having some awesome music playing or whatnot. But I like high energy and I'm very emotion based on how I do things. So if I'm getting a funk, I'm like, oh, 
I just reset. I go away. There's many days there you can say, hey, I'm not going to – it's more harm than good at that point. So I just go away and reset my mind and get back into a positive environment. Oh, so healthy. That just, that's – I mean, that's – that's something we could probably talk for an hour on, on itself, yeah, right. <laughs> like getting in the right mindset and like using music, using whatever gets you feeling good and sticking with that. Yep. Um, we got off topic there, but I love it. This is all great. <laughs> yeah, okay. I want to, you mentioned insurance. So like, this is, uh, this is a new concept for home inspectors and for our industry. And so when you, you've mentioned this to me before, but we haven't even really, um, you know, gotten too deep into it. So tell, so you're, you guys are getting the, information up front from the client, right? Asking those initial questions to just send them to the right place to get the policy or how does it work? Correct. Yeah, correct. So, I mean, essentially how, how this goes down is it goes back to offering another value added service that's geared towards your client and your agent. The client needs to have a quote in hand, an actual quote. So that way they can actually get issued the lending right. on, on the loan for the mortgage. So, Typically, when we polled, polled the realtors, like, hey, what's one of the biggest headaches? It was because they would not have done the insurance portion of it, and it would delay closing. So, like, interesting. What if when I asked them, I was like, what if we offered you a quote, the client, a quote, and they had it that they could carry with them in their buyer's packet? Would that help you? Oh, that would be incredible. Say no more. Here comes Ampro Insurance. It's <laughs> it's, it's created, it's alive and it writes, you know, has a bunch of carriers and it's good. So what we found is that typically insurance agents have to like gather all this information on the type of siding, the type of roof, the square footage in the house, you know, everything, pools, trampolines, they have a, you know, a mean dog or whatever. Right. So we like, we're already there with the client gathering all this information. And then the first part was we're like, okay, well, do we give our leads away with a client? And I was like, well, I'm going to go one better and say, what if I actually own the book of business? Tons of work. You know, we're lucky to have a big producer as one of our partners, uh, JP West. So he's, he does great things. I've been doing insurance for 10 years. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't try to pioneer this all on my own, right. but we now write policies and we own our own book of business. And because we have all that information and because Spectora is so easily customizable, we just built our, essentially our insurance intake form as the first page for our inspectors to fill out on inspections. And then once they submit that, that comes over into our rating system for the insurance side. Gotcha. And then it's still being kind of underwritten by all the big carriers or servicers, the household names, right? So Correct. So uh, we have Progressive, Safeco, Nationwide, uh, Travelers, um, AIG, Chubb Preferred. Uh, we could shop out to underwriters at the awesome Lloyds of London, uh, you, you know, surplus lines, reinsurance, you name it. Um, and then pretty quick here, you know, we're getting into the uh, commercial side. So we've looked at how we could underwrite better. Cause again, I just listen to people talk and a lot of the home inspection forums are complaining about insurance. So I was like, Hey, I own a brokerage. What can I do commercial lines? So now we're seeing if we can create a, a uh, underwriter specifically for home inspectors. And th this is the thing is like, this is where we're getting at here. So this insurance, it all started with just an idea to maybe get some leads to insurance. It was, we're like, Hey, we're giving this away. How do we keep expanding on it? And you can see it just keeps building on itself. Hey, we can do this. We can go here. We can, now we're doing this and it doesn't take me any more time. And that's something they, you're in the inspectors listening to this have to take note of. These other things fall parallel to our company. They're not just an offshoot to one, some other entirely different direction that takes a ton of my time. So that's what I want to make sure I really get across is 
do something that's parallel and that's vertical to your company, not something that's just like out of right field, has nothing to do with what you're doing. Right. So if you're like, oh, hey, I, I got a great home inspection company, I'm going to open a floral company because, you know, maybe they want to buy flowers. It's like that's <laughs> so far off, you know, to the other side. It's like it's you're essentially going to have to go in and, and invest all your time in that business. Where these ones here, I could say, all right, I just need to staff one more person and then we're fine. So yeah, the insurance side is, is big and, you know, we've talked with you and, you know, we're going to open up the service to other home inspectors and there's some we already work with and we, we pay well on that side and we don't harass anybody. And ideally what I would like to do is if we figure it out, like I mentioned earlier is I'd like to make it to a point where the inspector will eventually own a percentage of that book of business that they refer over to us. Right. So it's a very good way to submit your retirement too. That's what I tell guys, like that's recurring revenue. So let's say, you know, you have, you're doing, let's say just for the hell of it, a thousand inspections or even let's say you're an inspector that does 250 inspections a year, right? If we can just get 30% of them to sign up, right? Let me see here as I do some math times, let's say 20%. Every year, if we can get it to where they're at 20% on the renewal, that's $4,500 a year they start out with. So let's say they do the same thing the second year, you know, times two. They're at $9,000 of recurring revenue that year. So you can see if you come in early and you're at, you know, you spend 10 years doing this, <clears> you can potentially, big time. Yeah, you can walk away, but hey, I'm ready to retire and you have, a, have an income of eighty dollars to $90,000 a year to retire on through the book of business that you already had. <laughs> I want to, I want to dive into this from the customer and the agent angle, because I guess I'm, I'm more, I know that side much better than the inspector yeah. folks. I've never inspected a house before professionally. So I like <laughs> this for, I like this for multiple reasons. The, from a buyer side, I was a buyer um, twice before I became an agent and I was always left very, confused on the insurance side. I was told to just go find quotes, go call progressive, all uh, state farm, all state, whoever. 